about your yeah, warning. It's a two-minute warning. <laughs> yeah. I, no, it's uh, one-minute warning I've right now. I got. I think there's a couple pieces of apple pie back there. There is. Okay. We need to have it gone before class is over. You can wash your yogurt down with a piece of pie, Jamie. Uh, no? No? Okay. That's too much. Heavenly Father, thank you once again 
for the privilege that is ours to study your word with your Holy Spirit here to guide us into all truth. We ask, Father God, that you would instruct us in things of righteousness, that you teach us how to live, teach us how to be a follower of Jesus Christ as we study your word. Father, speak to us tonight something that we can share with others to let them draw closer to you as well. We ask, Father, your blessing upon our time. Bless those that are not able to be with us tonight, those that are recovering from surgeries. We reach out to, to pray for Stephanie. We pray for the recovery for Sierra, for Mike, all the different things that are going on. We give you praise yes, for what you've done and what you're continuing to do. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, how about, I, why don't you just share a good word with the, the latest miracle you had, brother? You. Me? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I went in yesterday, I was supposed to have a Pharisees tied off it's in my esophagus. They were worried about it breaking. They had pictures of it from, you know, upper GI a year ago. And so when they went in, it wasn't there. And so I was in and out. <laughs> Ten minutes, you know, I had upper and lower GI. I was done in ten minutes. Praise wow. God. They put me to sleep for nothing. Had the anesthesiologist there. Oh, you got a nap out of it. Yeah, I got a nap out of it. <laughs> All right. So everybody just sit real close to Greg. <laughs> Blessings seem to be falling. Uh, John chapter 8, and beginning with verse 30. John chapter 8 and verse 30. There's a whole lot of dialogue that we're <coughs> cutting through. And this kind of sums up what happened after Jesus tried to explain some things to them. And they just wouldn't hear a word he had to say. Uh, you remember Jesus was at Jerusalem for the Feast of Tabernacles. And he went there privately and yet he still taught the word without compromise, even though people were there who wanted to kill him. And he kept preaching the word. So we pick up in chapter 8 and verse 30. As he, Jesus, spoke these words, many believed in him. Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. They answered him. They who? Who's the they here? No, it's not the Pharisees. Look, read it again. The Jews that believed in him. Okay? It's staggering. Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. <laughs> and they answered him, we are Abraham's descendants and have never been in bondage to anyone. That's a joke. How can you say you will be made free? Jesus answered them, Most assuredly I say to you, whoever commits sin is a slave of sin. And a slave does not abide in the house forever, but a son abides forever. Therefore, if the Son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. It's staggering when you read, these weren't his enemies that said this to him. These are people who had just believed 
what he had taught them. And uh, he said, if you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. And they answered him, what? What did they say to Jesus? We've never been in bondage. <laughs> We've never been in bondage at all. We're Abraham. See, we're free people. Uh, well, let's, let's see here. Uh, let's, when the facts don't line up with the story, okay? It's like watching the evening news around here. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not trying to pick on the man, but he brings it on himself. Did any of you see where our president, in a speech this past weekend, said that just last year, <laughs> he sat down and had a good long conversation with Francois Mitterrand, the president of France. Well, I actually called him the president of Germany. <laughs> Mitterrand died in 97. <laughs> Come on now. Dude, he died in 97. He got it back. He's, oh, no, I, I mean France. Oh, yeah. But the guy you said you talked to last week. Maybe it was a Samuel. Has been dead since 97. When the, when the facts don't line up with the story. Uh, and very few media areas, groups covered it. Said anything about it? Oh, no, no big problem. Uh, when the facts don't line up with the story, uh, you need to research it and look and find out. How many of you have ever sat and watched the evening news and just growl? Just kind of, what? 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 What are you saying? Uh, I come out of my chair, Linda's going to not let me watch the news pretty soon. I come, what in the world are you talking about? Who are you talking about? I'm talking to the TV. They won't listen to me. They won't listen to me. Uh, so, when the facts don't line up with reality, we have a problem. Where somebody's in delusion if the facts don't line up with the reality. And here, uh, can you, I've listed a few, but before I put my list up, I'll let you develop a list. These people who said they believed in Jesus, that's what the scripture says, right? But when Jesus said, you'll know the truth and the truth will set you free, they said, hey, what are you talking about? We're descendants of Abraham. We have never, ever been in bondage to anybody. Never been slaves to anybody. Can you think of anybody, any facts that might point that these people were deluded? Yes. I'm just going to give you the one country they weren't enslaved to, the United States. Every other country. That's true. They weren't <laughs> just about everybody else. And everybody else. Okay. And you start. Back, you go back to. Uh, you go back to the children of Israel. Four. Hundred years captivity in Egypt. When they were killing the babies, the male children, 
They told them how many kids they could have. They, they, were, they were slaves. But they forgot about that. Now, I think it's funny. Well, it's not funny, ha-ha, but funny, strange. What festival feast are they at? Of tabernacles. And what does the Feast of Tabernacles remember and reflect upon? That's who. Uh, it, it reflects on the wilderness wanderings after they went out at Passover from the captivity of 400 years of slavery to the Egyptians. And here they are, they're celebrating the wilderness wanderings and how they lived in tents and, and God provided water from the well, water from the rock that followed them, quail landed and everything. They're celebrating this for seven days. And they do it every year. And they forgot the fact that, oh, we were slaves. Our people were slaves for 400 years. So they're in delusion. They're in denial or something. No, denial is the river... In, in Egypt, but <laughs> denial. Uh, what can you think of any anybody else that might have enslaved these people? Oh, they were currently under the throne. Exactly. They didn't even have their own coinage anymore. They were they were under the authority of Rome. Rome appointed their king. Rome mandated that they could not have a high priest that would be in for life. They had him alternate every other year. And, and they couldn't, if they were out walking, what were some of the rules that Jesus talked with them about? About if Romans soldiers were out there and they asked you to do something, what were you supposed to do? Do it and do more. Yeah, if he asked you to carry... They could have the response, hey, carry my, carry my armor and stuff for a mile. It says, you do it too. That's what Jesus told them. Mm -hmm. Now, sounds like they're in captivity, if you will. They're under the complete authority of Rome. They cannot just go any place they want to go. They can't just do. Now, when, when Rome snapped its finger and said, all the world shall be taxed, they did exactly what Caesar Augustus told them to do. They were not their own free people. They didn't have their own king. He wasn't even a Jew. And, but we're, we've never been in bondage to anybody. Can you think of any others uh, that... Uh, Babylon? Ba oh, yeah. Syria? Yeah, Babylon. Babylon. Uh, now, how long were they over there? 70. 70 years. And that's not that far distant from where they are right now. 70 years, their temple was torn down. The city walls of Jerusalem were torn down. They were taken captive over to Babylon and forced to be kind of the gophers for the Babylonian king Nebuchadnezzar and then Persia conquered them and they were still over there under Persia 70 years. But they forgot about that. Can you think of anybody else that uh, kind of had them in bondage at any time? 
In Syria, wasn't Syria. They have just also, in a few weeks after this, they're going to be celebrating, just two months after this, they're going to be celebrating the Feast of Dedication. Right? You know, the, the uh, Tabernacles is in the fall. Christmas time or December is the Feast of Dedication. Jesus went to that feast. Uh, we find out in the book of John as well. And what was the Feast of Dedication about? Anybody remember? Well, the hint is Dedication. what he said. What he said. The Syrians under Antiochus Epiphanes had conquered Israel and declared that it was illegal to go into the temple and to worship this, this God of Israel. And the Maccabees holed up inside the temple. They only had enough light for one day and the Lord extended it out for eight days and we have the Feast of Hanukkah, Festival of Lights. That the temple was rededicated and overthrew the Antiochus Epiphanes and all the people that had overrun them. Can you think of anybody else who, who had made slaves out of these, these free people in their history? Anybody else? It's kind of like... Uh, like what Jamie said, everybody but the U.S. did, you know. <laughs> Anybody else you can think of from some of the Bible stories? Philistines, oh yeah. Philistines, you remember at different times that the Philistines were guarding different places. I'm going to be doing this in my Sunday school class this week. The Philistines had set up a perimeter around Bethlehem which was a Jewish city, Israeli city. And they had set up a garrison in Bethlehem. And no Jew could come in or out of Bethlehem. And David is, is running from, from the Philistines and from Saul. And he says, he's sitting in the cave of Abdullah one day. And he says, oh man, have you ever done this? What, what I wouldn't give to have a drink of fresh, cool water from the spring in the center of town at Bethlehem. But he said, the Philistines have control of the entire west side of Israel. Some of his guys, they snuck out. His mighty men of valor, they snuck behind enemy lines. They snuck in and got water out of that, that well and snuck back and gave it to David, but David wouldn't drink it. He says, this is too precious. He poured it out as a drink offering to the Lord. <clears throat> now we're going to, those of you, how many of you are in the adult Sunday school class? Well, this Sunday in the adult Sunday school class, you are to be deaf, dumb, and blind, okay? <laughs> what I'm going to do is I'm going to have my Sunday school class, we're going to act out. They're supposed to as silently as these kids could be. They're going to sneak down to the fireside room. They're going to crawl on their hands and knees. They're going to 
not make any sound. They're going to stealthily go in because I will have had, I will have placed eight bottles of water underneath the chairs in the back corner. Now you in the Sunday school class are not to see them. You are not to hear them. You're a bunch of Philistines Sunday morning, okay? So I want them to come back up. Oh, they didn't see us at all, Pastor. We so we're going to talk about going behind enemy lines uh, for the kids. But the Philistines, I mean, they they had conquered them. They had stolen. Remember, they, they took the Ark of the Covenant. Remember that? Yeah, and then he gave them back. <laughs> he sure did. We don't want any more of this stuff going on. But but they anybody else you can think of that that conquered Israel and made slaves out of them? Canaanites? Did you say that? Huh? Canaanites? Did you say that? Eh, I don't know about the Canaanites. They were kind of Midianites. Midianites. Remember Midianites? Gideon and the Midianites. The Midianites came from across the river, across the Jordan River, and from Midian, uh, near Saudi Arabia area, and they came over and they conquered Israel, and they came back every harvest season and took every bit of grain that they could carry back. There was no incentive to, to really work because the Midianites were just going to take everything you, you put in the field. It's good. They're going to take your sheep. They're going to take your cattle. They won't even let you have a sword. They, they wouldn't let the people of Israel even have a plow that was made out of iron or metal. They had to use wooden plows. And they weren't allowed to have a sword. They, they had completely disarmed the entire country. I consider that kind of being a slavery. Mm -hmm. Some governmental force takes your weapons away. I, I don't know. I don't know that could ever happen. You know. It's been threatened, hasn't it? So, in the history of Israel, there's never really been a period of 50 years where they haven't been under somebody's control. The entire history of Israel. They just get out of one mess in the, you read the book of Judges, and it starts off, everyone did what was right in their own eyes, and the Lord said, okay, bring it on. And he anoints evil people to come in and just conquer them, rule them, until they cry out to God. God sends a deliverer and then sets them free. So they've been under somebody's control just about 80% of the time that they existed. So you have, just to mention a few, <laughs> Egypt, Midian, Babylon, Persia, Syria. Oh, I forgot about the Greeks. The Greeks conquered all of Israel. All of it. Israel and Syria and as far as what we know today as Iraq and Iran. It, uh, the 
Macedonia under Alexander the Great. Heard of that boy? Alexander the Great conquered the whole place. The whole Middle East belonged to him. And when he died, he had no heirs. He was just a young guy. He died and it was split up between three of his generals. And so you have Israel was divided into three parts. And the Romans kept those same divisions when they conquered the Greeks. So they, they've pretty much been under somebody else's control most of their existence. And even as they were talking that day, they didn't have a Jewish coin in their pocket. <coughs> because when the Romans took over, they melted down their coins and stamped the image of Caesar on their coins. It was a continual reminder, <coughs> you're not free. You belong to us. So, how can somebody be in bondage and not realize it? Well, I think that Jesus alluded to that. Sin. Sin. Sin is a bondage. And that most assuredly, what's <laughs> being in bondage. Yeah, they, they were deluded and deceived by their sin. They didn't see things the way they really are. They needed some fact checkers back there. The fact checkers, oh, sorry, you've been in bondage to 15 different countries. Um, today, how could you, can you think of any individuals or people that are in bondage and just don't seem to know it? Democratic Party. <laughs> Democratic Party. We're not doing politics here tonight, but you know, I, I picked on the president. Okay, my bad. My bad. Uh, but I hope he had a good talk with Mitterrand. But uh, maybe he did. I don't know. But uh, it was demons if it was, because Mitterrand was dead. But, but uh, uh, what are some other people that are living in spiritual bondage but they don't recognize they think they're free to make their own decisions and whatever yes I think the, those in the uh, pro-abortion camp are completely willfully ignorant they are enslaved by their sin and they really really believe that they're doing what's right yeah they uh, they see no conflict with their position of killing the unborn and uh, murder, they, they they don't see it as a as a life as a as anything. Uh, they're in bondage, spiritual, mental bondage. They just can't see it. Right? They're not making the decisions just on their own. The devil's behind it. The devil's behind it. What are some other China? What? Okay, you can have uh, military and uh, governmental systems that the people are in bondage, and yet, oh look, we we're producing most of this for the whole world, but the people in bondage. Yeah. Uh, what What are some other spiritual aspects? 
we can see the physical kind of things like uh, <coughs> spiritual bondages that are the XYZ community, they're thinking that what they're doing is right. That's just yeah, we're free. We're yeah. free. And uh, uh, we're just doing what we want. We're free. And the uh, they're in bondage. They're in bondage. I found it interesting, The one of the spokespeople uh, against the, I got to applaud our legislators for taking action to stop some of the insanity about uh, gender affirming. It's not gender affirming. It's gender denying surgeries mm -hmm. that takes a person who is genetically uh, disposed and ge genetically is a male and say we're going to alter them because they identify as, as a female or vice versa. You don't see too much of it, you know. It's not gender affirming. If it was gender affirming, they would be trying to do things to affirm who they are, right? Yeah. Right. It's not gender affirming. It's gender denying. Well, see, I have on my birth certificate here, and there are, I think it's six states now that are trying to pass legislation that you can go back and change your birth certificate. <clears throat> I have a comment there. It's political, but, you know, kind of like Obama. But, but uh, <laughs> you know, I'm a... <laughs> Oh my. But, you know, the, the fact is that either they were born a male or a female, you can't change what they were at the time of their birth. And yet they're going to change birth certificates to reflect their new awareness.
country and at peace with this, this second country, they would go in and change all the documents to reflect that it's always been that way. And then about halfway through the book, they change and they're at war with the one they were at peace with. He has to go back in and change it all again <laughs> to reflect the new reality. And we, we read that in high school years ago and, and you say, well, how in the world could that? Oh, we're going to let people go back and change their birth certificate because they identify as a cockroach or whatever. <laughs> what are some other things that people, spiritual things that people are in bondage to but they don't realize it they're in bondage of course to sin mm -hmm. and we know, all know people that say oh, I'm, I'm a free free thinker oh yeah really yeah. and uh, <coughs> well, you're, you're, not, you're not free if you're a slave to sin you're ultimately in bondage to Satan and don't realize it. I'm my own man. Oh, really? What are some other spiritual things that people can be in bondage or habits or whatever that people can be in bondage to and not realize it? Being in bondage to a system? What? Being in bondage to a system? To a, to a system? Uh, we're, we're having all kinds of insights into the legal system and in our community with the children's services and all kinds of things. It brings up nightmares of battling with children's services over nieces and nephews that we had with us. Uh, well, this is just the way, just policy. Well, it doesn't make any sense. Yes, but it's policy. Of course, that makes sense. What, what did you say, Ed? Certain religions, they okay. mainly are working for money and not for God. Yeah, certain religions where they believe that they are uh, professing truth, but even those that pretend that they go by the Bible and do not, they're deceiving. They're deceived themselves. Uh, over the years, uh, talking with people in various religions, that they were convinced that theirs was the, the right way. And I said, well, you know, does it go along with the Bible? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. And I would take them to the Bible and show them, oh, no. <laughs> oh, oh. Little things like personal salvation. It's in the Bible. You must believe in the Lord Jesus Christ to be saved. Oh, I thought if I just was a part of the church and baptized into the church, well, baptism doesn't save you. What? We were told that as an infant we had to be baptized. No, you can't baptize. You can't repent as an infant. It says repent and be baptized, every one of you, for remission of your sins. So when you point out to people that have been in strong delusion and bondage to false teaching, false doctrines, false religions around the world, where you know people will strap on bones to their body, and go and say we're we're doing an act of righteousness for Allah, and so we're going to blow up a school bus full of children. Wow. Now, what's the latest count on hostages 
that Hamas have killed. I think it's up to 35 that are dead, that were pres presumed alive, but they are, they're holding out to try and get a peace deal because when Israel gets the final tally of the atrocities of October 7th, my mind, I'm rooting for Israel to clean house. Yeah, me too. I pray for it every day. Strong delusion. Strong delusion. I was listing a few others. My, my dad was uh, bound by nicotine. He smoked his whole life. He said, are you saying smoking's bad? I'm not saying it. Everybody else is. But I'm just saying my dad was bound to he was on his deathbed with cancer. He was had been a six foot two, two hundred and fifty pound solid muscular steel worker. On his deathbed, he was one hundred and five pounds eaten up by cancer to the place where he couldn't even lift his arms, but was still craving the nicotine. And I got home from school and I smelled smoke, and oh no. I go running upstairs. Uh, Mom had just gone to the grocery for a few moments. Dad had lit up a cigarette while he had his oxygen on. Have you seen people that are in bondage to gambling? Did you see the stats of how much has already been bet on the Super Bowl? Billions with a B. People are addicted. But according to the ads, even if you lose, you get some free bets. <laughs> so some some of those people do lose their houses doing that. Yeah. And they're they're going to be in Las Vegas. Okay, for the Super Bowl. So they're going to be betting inside and outside and all around. I know some people that they'll lose everything because of gambling. Uh, Andy's not here tonight, but I hate to bring it up, but Pete Rose, one of my baseball heroes yeah. when I was growing up. But Pete Rose could not turn loose of gambling. He knew it was against the rules to gamble on baseball, and they, they caught him making a phone call not to the to the dugout to have uh, a new pitcher come up, he was placing a bet with his bookie because he thought they were going to win the game now. He lost everything. So, well, he ought to be in the Hall of Fame. Well, I, that's debatable, but because there's some other crooks and jerks in there. <laughs> Babe Ruth was a jerk, but uh, he's in there, and there's some other people that are in there. But you know what? He knew the price tag, and he still kept betting. Yeah. <coughs> See the news last night? 
name from our past, Art Sleister. Yeah. Anybody see that one in the news? Yeah. What's he done now? Well, still, still, yeah. Art Sleister, he was out of uh, Washington Courthouse. Miami right? Trace, yeah. Phenomenal quarterback. Just lit up all of the high school records and everything, got to Ohio State, set all kinds of, of records, going into the pros, but he had several addictions. He had a gambling addiction, he had a drug, a prescription drug addiction as well, and alcohol. He'd get picked up for driving under the influence or driving under the influence of drugs, and they picked him up again. He lost everything, but he had enough to get another dose of his drugs, and he took off driving in bondage. He put his dad into bankruptcy, bailed yep. him out of jail yep. all the time. He had, I had a friend who was a limo driver and he had to drive Schleister somewhere. And the uh, credit card that he had was a credit card he stole from his buddy. You know, So he had mm -hmm. called Schleister up and he had a radio show with Pete Rose in Cincinnati. Mm -hmm. Said, you got five hours to come up here with that money, you know. And I wanted cash. And Schleister said, oh, I'm not going to do it. He goes, yeah. I got your number and I got your address. I'm going to go see your wife and tell her what you were doing last night. He said Schleister was there two hours. Yeah. He had cash. Yeah. Now, where did he get that? Probably stole it from someone else. But in bondage. Yeah. In bondage. Yeah. And they don't realize it. Uh, alcohol, drugs, pornography, in bondage, and still think they're free making their own decisions. Jesus brings us to that key statement there in verse 34 and following. How can you be held captive and not know? We can deceive ourselves, can't we? How many of you have ever deceived yourself? You thought you were okay? Oh, I, I had a guy, we were, uh, we were doing ministry at the Episcopal Church downtown, right across from the state house, and uh, uh, what we would do is our church would go there and we would have meals, sack lunches for the people, and we would, in the back room, my ladies would be back there interviewing people, and we had different motels in the area in the winter that would provide housing for families, so they'd get them out of the cold. And so they're back there, and uh, I'm out talking with the people about the Lord and getting around with folks and whatever, giving them their sack lunches. And uh, Millie Bennett sends somebody out, Pastor, we need you back here. And I go back to the back room and uh, at the table, and she says, Pastor, I, I, you just need to talk to this guy. You just need to talk to him. Oh, okay, sure. And uh, he said, uh, you know, I, I don't I don't know what, why they called you. Everything's fine. I'm, I'm just fine. I said, well, you know, they wanted to talk to you about uh, your your situation. You were here last month, and you were here the month before. What are you doing differently so that your life changes? You don't want to do this for the rest of your life and drag your wife and your you know five or six kids through this. All winter long, uh, 
we would like to help you try and find a, a job or help you find a place to live. And, and so we had resources that we were going to try and help. He said, I'm doing all right. <laughs> and I said, sir, you're doing wonderfully well. You're doing so well that we're not going to be able to help you tonight. But we'll help your wife and your kids find a place to stay. You could go to the men's shelter because you're so stubborn. You think you're doing just fine. But look what you're putting your family through. And he, he made that statement, I'm doing all right. And I'll never forget, Millie's over there. Dear Jesus, dear Jesus. Verse 34, Jesus answered them, most assuredly, I say to you, whoever commits sin is a slave of sin. And a slave does not abide in the house forever, but the son abides forever. Uh, Jesus wants to set people free from the delusions that they're living in. They've never been in bondage. I'm not, I could, it's like the one guy that I uh, talked to one time, and he says, I, uh, I'm not addicted to, to cigarettes. So I can quit any time I want. No, man. He says, quit fighting for God. Oh, yeah. Quitting was easy. Staying off of it. Yeah, staying off. And Jesus has the ability to break the chains that hold us in bondage and captivity. How many of you know, or you personally, you've been set free from some things oh, yeah. by the power of Jesus Christ? Hallelujah. The wages of sin was death, and I had earned those wages, but Jesus set me free. That old gospel song, once like a bird in prison, I dwelt. No freedom from my sorrow I felt, but Jesus came and listened to me, and glory to God, he set me free. There's freedom available in Jesus Christ. It's not some magical formula, but Jesus came to remove the delusion and set us free from the shackles of sin. You know, the, the jailer in the Philippian jail, he was free, but he was bound in sin, and he was ready to end his life when the earthquake opened up the jail cells and Paul yells out don't do yourself any harm we're all here we're still praising the Lord and he says what must I do to be saved he came to the realization that even though he was outside of the prison walls he was still bound by sin and Jesus set him free you know me I know some songs <laughs> And I want us to think about anybody with a testimony of something that Jesus set you free from. You want to give him praise tonight as I find this song. I've got two songs, actually. But, uh, Pastor, he delivered me from the desire for tobacco and nicotine. Not once, but twice. It's easy to slip back into things. 
isn't it? Mm -hmm. It's easy to, you know, slip back into things. And uh, we realize that Jesus wants to set us free. And even if we get hooked back into something, he can set us free. We had the team challenge was a part of our uh, church up in Painesville and Greater Cleveland Team Challenge. And the testimonies of the guys, and, and then you'd see them sometimes falter. We'd see the same guys come back again. But Murray Brown, the director up there, he says, hey, I messed up numerous times before I got it right with the Lord. And uh, his dad was a missionary, Murray, and he just kept disappointing his dad all the time. He was trying to live up to it, but he couldn't stay free from, from sin. And he says, you know, I need to stop trying to please my dad and start trying to please my father, my heavenly father. And he says, and that's when he got free, free indeed. Here's an old, old song. This is uh, Van Buren, Assembly, First Assembly of God in, down south. Shout it, I 
some of you that want something a little bit fresher and newer than that. That's for some of us old folks that <laughs> like the old stuff. <laughs> well, you only saw part of it. Okay. Now I got another one. It's not super new, but it's newer than that. Early 1800s, yeah, thank you. <laughs> Sit back there and shut up.
enslaved anybody. And Jesus said, Who the Son sets free is free indeed. If you're a sinner, you're a slave to sin. But Jesus can break every chain. I've talked to people that have been enslaved in a lot of stuff. And Jesus has the power to break the chains. We have testimonies all throughout the, the church and all throughout the sanctuary of people who have been bound in aspects of sin, but Jesus set them free. Amen? Amen. And he whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Now Jesus has just taught them this. You remember who was this group that uh, said they weren't in bondage? You remember? Jewish believers in Christ. They were believers. <laughs> With friends like that, you don't need any enemy. They were captive and didn't realize it. They had a history of being in bondage. And they were deceived. And so, here we find that Verse 48, Jesus is talking to him. Then the Jews answered and said to him, Do we not say rightly that you are a Samaritan and have a demon? The, okay, these are the guys that just a few verses ago believed on what he had said. They'd seen miracles. They heard his teaching. They believed on him. And since that time, they said, Well, what do you mean free? We've never been admonished to everybody. And they've changed their mind about Jesus. What do they believe about Jesus now? You're a Samaritan. Yeah. You're not even a Jew. You're a Samaritan. And you've got a demon. You know what's interesting is none of the facts changed. Yeah. Like they changed their mind. Based on the fact they didn't like it, what he said. That's it. Exactly. Nothing changed about who Jesus was or who yeah. he thought he was or who they thought he thought he was. It was they didn't like what he said. Yeah. Jesus has not said anything that he hadn't said before, and they've changed their mind completely. They they believed on him for a while. And then he said something they didn't like. That they were in bondage and they needed to be set free. They didn't like that. Have you ever pointed out to somebody that they've got a problem and they didn't like to hear it? <laughs> oh yeah. Then the Jews answered, verse 48, and said to him, to Jesus, do we not say rightly, you are a Samaritan, which is one of the, that was kind of a curse word of its day. You know, you're not even a Jew, you're a Samaritan, you're a half-breed idol worshiper, and you have a demon. They were believing it. You know, just, it didn't take many verses. Jesus answered, I do not have a demon, but I honor my Father, and you dishonor me. And I do not seek my own glory. There is one who seeks and judges. Most assuredly, I say to you, if anyone keeps my word, he shall never see death. Then the Jews said to him again, Now we know you have a demon. Abraham's dead. And the prophets. And you say, if anyone keeps my word, he shall never taste death. 
Are you greater than our father Abraham, who's dead? And the prophets who are dead? Whom do you make yourself out to be? These are believers. You, you really, you get these kind of people to believe in you, you better watch out. <laughs> Jesus answered, if I honor myself, my honor is nothing. It is my Father who honors me, of whom you say that he is your God. Yet you have not known him, but I know him. And if I say I do not know him, I shall be a liar like you. <laughs> Jesus had away with words. But I do know him and keep his word. Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day, and he saw it and was glad. Oh, that, oh, that really kicked him in the ear. <laughs> then the Jews said to him, You are not yet fifty years old, and have you seen Abraham? Jesus said to them, Most assuredly I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. Throw oh. some gasoline on the fire. Then they took up stones. I mean, this is just 15 verses, okay? From when they were believing it. Now they say he's a Samaritan, possessed of a demon, and they're ready to pick up stones and stone him to death. But Jesus hid himself and went out of the temple, going through the midst of them, and so passed by. This is significant. First of all, the, the change when you challenge <laughs> their deception. Be prepared for it. When you challenge someone's deception, they're not going to like you. They're going to despise you. They're going to do whatever they can to destroy you. They picked up stones, but Jesus just hid himself from them and walked right through the midst of them. They didn't see him. Why did Jesus not allow himself to be stoned? Yeah. Well, they were going to stone him for him claiming to be God, right? So if anybody says, Jesus never claimed to be God, you just go to this one of many verses you get. Yeah. He claimed to be God, and uh, so he would have been stoned for, you know, it would have been false, but also he hasn't died for our sin yet, so, you know, certain things have to come to fruition. God will not allow his word to be voided by anybody. Mm -hmm. There are people there that were ready to stone him to death, which was the Jewish form of execution. But it was prophesied thousands of years before that the Messiah would die on a tree. He would be lifted up as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness. And he says that if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. Stoning puts you down. The cross lifted him up, not to praise, but to disdain. They spit at him, they mocked him, they reviled him. But Jesus was going to fulfill every single prophecy about his life, his death, and he's going to fulfill every prophecy about his coming again. He would not allow them, even though they picked up stones. No. That's not the way Jesus is going out of the picture. He's going to go to the cross to die for the sins of the whole world. And he had already told the people, 
He says, if you want to follow me, take up your cross. There's a cross in my future. Jesus said, I'm, I'm going to die. I came to die for the sins of the whole world. And so he walked right through the midst of them on two different occasions. One was the other time Jesus, they were ready to stone him someplace else. And he just walked right through the midst of them. No, it was it was where? At the edge of the cliffs. Nazareth. In Nazareth. They took him to the precipice of the hill of Nazareth. It's built on a hill. And they were going to shove him off. Those are two ways of stoning someone. What they would do if you were in a low-lying place like in Jerusalem in the valley, they would put him down in the valley, surround him, and throw stones until he was dead. If you were on a high place, they would throw you on the stones. They would tie the hands and then boom, push you off so that you go head first and have your brains spread all over the, the rocks on the side of, of Nazareth. They, they were ready to stone him, it says. And Jesus walked right through the midst because... God will not allow the prophecies for his word to be voided by anybody. His word is solid and secure. And if Jesus said he's coming back, mark it down, church. Jesus is coming back for his people. What day? Huh? What day? Eat some popcorn and don't talk with your mouth. But... Uh, if, if I told you that, then you'd pick up stones and stone me. <laughs> I'd be telling you a lie. You see, God would not allow them to take God's promises out of God's hands. They, there was a lot of people there. They could have, physically, they could have stoned him. God said, I will not allow my word to be voided. His word will not return to him void. I, I, I just started rejoicing when I saw that. Jesus, though he was here on the earth, he was not subject to everything on the earth. Ultimately, even gravity couldn't hold him down when he rose to the clouds of glory. And they wanted to stone him according to Jewish law, but he came to die not just for the Jews. <coughs> He came to die for the whole world. And so the world was represented by the Roman form of execution. It was not in vogue at the time it was prophesied. Mm -hmm. It was close to what? It was 900 years before it was, it was anybody had been crucified the Roman way. So it, the people were wondering how in the world hanging on a tree that not what yeah. no Jesus came and fulfilled his word he walked right through the midst of them don't be alarmed and think that our governments our leaders the evil people in the world are going to make God's word not come to pass I know I say that because I know some believers that are kind of scared that 
well, look what they're doing, look what they're doing, look. They will not be able to avoid God's promises to his people. They will not be able to avoid God's promises of Jesus' return. All the forces of hell cannot keep Jesus from coming back when he's coming back. Nothing can stop. And he will fulfill his word. God will not allow his word to become void for anybody. Aren't you glad you know the one who's the author of that word? His word will not return void. It will what? It will accomplish what he said it to do. Amen. Sometimes you feel like, well, I, I shared a witness some, with someone, but it didn't accomplish anything. You don't know what that planted seed is going to bear. You don't know. Because you're, you're sowing incorruptible seed into this world and God can bring out a harvest where it doesn't look like it can happen. Praise God. So we're going to stop there tonight. But we want to pray for those that are by things that they're not even aware of. They're in delusion and deception. They're, real, they're bound by traditions or they're bound by sinful activities. They're bound by addictions. They're bound by a variety of things. And they need to hear the truth so the truth about Jesus can set them free. We need to pray for them tonight. We have a lot on our prayer list this evening, don't we? We have all these people that have gone through surgeries. We have uh, Jim still needs recovery. Uh, what? Any word today for Brendan? Or okay. Uh, Deb still needs a healing touch. She's doing a lot better. Doing better. Praise God. Praise God. Kate. Kate, we have. I haven't heard a word yet. Okay. She was supposed to text me. I texted. Oh, you haven't heard anything yet. She had a procedure done as well. Um, so, lots of need, but God's still on the throne. Amen? Amen? God will not allow his word to become void. So, uh, we need to lift up Mike and healing and, and uh, Phil and uh, Sierra, the, the migraines, the headaches she's having, the baby, all different kinds of things that are going on. Uh, we have a lot of needs. Other prayer requests. Dave, Dave Swigert's family. Yeah, oh, yes. Yeah. Uh, uh, Dave his mother passed away this morning out in California. And uh, I haven't heard any word from him yet. Is he going out? Do you know? Okay, I haven't heard. Uh, Dave's in kind of a touchy situation because his mother-in-law is living with him and she can't be left alone. Brenda works. And Brenda is working, so need to pray about that situation, that whole scenario. Other prayer requests tonight. You say, well, that's enough, isn't it? Well, yeah, probably. But there's always room for one more. Unsaved loved ones. Unsaved loved ones. People that are in bondage to sin, and they just don't see it. If you talk to them, I got no problem. Well, okay. But uh, they do. That's his sister. Patsy's sister, Patsy, Patsy's sister Fletcher's daughter. <laughs> yeah, her niece. Yeah. Uh -huh. yeah. Yeah, Patsy's niece. 
or is it niece or great niece? Niece. Niece. Uh, passed away, and Patsy's back up from Florida uh, for the uh, services. So pray for the whole family. Well, let's go to prayer right now and take matters before the Lord. Can I have a few people just lift up a word of prayer over these things? You may not remember the names, but God knows every detail of every situation. Just lift it before Him. Several lead, lead us in prayer tonight. Lord, we're so thankful that you do break every chain. Amen. We thank you that you're concerned for each one of us. Lord, we thank you that we can come to you and place these needs before you. Mm -hmm. We just pray for Jim tonight, Lord. He's still struggling with this upper respiratory situation. I pray, Lord, that you'll be with him and be with Mary Lou and give her strength. tonight, Father, it just staggers our imagination to see people at the beginning of the Bible lesson believed in you and in just a little bit, after you exposed them to the truth 
They called you a Samaritan, demon-possessed, and wanted to stone you to death. Father God, we live in such hostile times, times that are people are hostile to the truth. They don't want to hear the truth of your <coughs> Help us to be like Jesus, to speak the truth in season, out of season, whether it's popular or unpopular, because only the truth can set people free. They don't need another program, they need Jesus. They don't need another book to study, they, they need Jesus. We ask, Father God, that you would help us to be truth bearers. Because we live in a dark time and people love darkness rather than light. We lift up every need that's been mentioned tonight before you. And those that are silent prayer requests within people's hearts. Father, they need guidance, direction. They need you to intervene in, a, in a situations that they just don't know what to do. Father, thank you that you have promised to walk with us through these dark valleys. We pray for those that are grieving. We pray that you would use that grief to draw anybody who doesn't know you as Savior to you. That this could be a, a time of people calling upon the name of the Lord to be saved. And we ask, Father God, that you would give each of us traveling mercies and that, Father, you would flood the homes of those with physical needs, those that are uh, recovering from surgeries, those that are recovering from situations. That, Father God, that you would flood every home with your presence. Yes. And let us hear some more testimonies like we've heard tonight from Greg and, and others that you just did a, a, another miracle and we give you praise. Yes. And we give you glory and honor for it all. Yes. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Praise God. <clears throat> well, thank you all for coming out tonight. Bring somebody with you next week. Get somebody well and bring them out. Oh, you knew you last week. Yep, yep. I, I'm, I'm at least... Uh, 90% in my eye now. And I drove drove through downtown Columbus at rush hour the other day. And I drove through downtown Columbus at 5 a.m. this morning. Wow. I was able to see and everything. Just take my life in my hands. Even if you couldn't see, you would have grown as good as they do. Well, <laughs> I, I lost my eyesight in the left eye two weeks ago. What the? Totally gone. What caused it? It was a hemorrhage of the eye. Oh, wow. I got up, I had a doctor's appointment to go to the eye doctor, and I got up and my left eye didn't work. Oh, jeez. I was thinking, yeah, cataract surgery or nope, something. Nope, 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 it was just gone. Just nope, nothing. And uh, it's, it's come That's back. That would be somewhat scary. Yes, I'd be thinking, uh-oh, I'm stroking out. Yep, yep. Well, they said stroke's one of the possibilities, or TIA, or uh, diabetes. Old age, anything. You know, yeah. All of the above. Yeah, I know all about that. Whatever. I don't even
don't even bother telling them about aches and pains anymore. No. Oh, well, you're, you're getting old. My memory's horrible. Oh, you're getting old. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. I'll just keep it to myself. Yeah, just try and forget what, what's not working. Right. right. <laughs> there's there's Well, half the time I do. Yeah. So good to see you tonight, buddy. That was good to be here. It's been a long time since we're able to make a lot of Good to see you, Hop Singh. I'll never forget when when he did that. May the Lord wait. And he worked around that situation, too. I know you worked around Everybody worked around that. Yeah. So Sunday school class, remember, you see nothing, you hear nothing Sunday morning. Let my class just sneak in there. Michael Jordan. I just thought, I was trying to think of Michael Jordan's name for the whole, not that whole teaching. But he, what? he was in a game really, really, really bad. Oh. And that's why he went over to baseball. So to get, to get all that attention. All the many people still believe that he left pro basketball in his prime because of gambling debts. Yeah. They threatened his family. Yep, and his dad did get killed. Yeah. His dad got killed. I've never heard that. Yeah. yeah. Michael Jordan, Magic Johnson, they say he had AIDS and stuff when he did all kinds of stuff. But these guys well, okay. well, I got to stand up. Steve Rose is nothing compared to these guys. <laughs> I'm going to go home and go to bed. I haven't, haven't had a nap today. Uh, I haven't started doing that yet in my retirement, but I think about it sometimes. I well, I'll just go and take a nap. Well, I, I was at the hospital at 5 a.m. Oh, yeah. yeah. Bring somebody in. Yeah, this I don't know why the hospitals are so early. That's, you're getting up and it's evil. evil. It's just black out, it's freezing cold, <laughs> straight in the window. It's, it's just evil. evil. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is. Oh, I better turn the TV off. Now power this out. Yeah. 